There we go. Okay. Well, let's just try to review here a little bit. <coughs> Get the PowerPoint up and running. The definition of conflict. Might ask for some others too, but this is this is the one we've got in the book, if you will. The, the difference, it's a difference in opinion or purpose that frustrates someone's goals or desires. So what does it do? What does it what's what's the what's the functional word there? What's it do to me when I when I have a difference of opinion or potentially? What's that what's that say? Frustrates. Frustrates. What's frustrates mean? What's frustrates mean? We'll have to think about it a minute. Upsets. Okay. Upsets. Upsets us. Creates an obstacle. Creates an obstacle. Okay. Other ideas or thoughts? A noise. A noise. <laughs> Absolutely. We don't like being frustrated, do we? We, we don't. It's opposition. Brother, okay. It's an opposition to us. Okay. It kind of stops us where we're at, and we just feel like we have to deal that, deal with that, or hurdle it, or it distracts us. JP. Um, it can. It's something that can deceive or disappoint us, and we had an expectation or we had something in mind that we thought should have gone one way, and it's starting to go, as we say, south. Go south. Yeah, absolutely. That's not very complimentary, but uh, to the southerners, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm on the West Coast now. Okay. Oh, all right. That's good. I, I had a note here that I had jotted down in some of my notes. It said, frustration. It's an unfulfilled expectation. Unfulfilled expectations, wants, desires, or ambitions. If you think about that, <coughs> frustration doesn't have to be wrong, but it oftentimes is. We just have to be on guard for that because if you think about it, unfulfilled expectations, those are mine and of my wants, my desires, and my ambitions. I'm in all three of those. And so frustration, we really have to analyze it when we find ourselves frustrated. We have to look in the mirror and say, okay, <coughs> what do I do with this? Is this a me problem? Is this a somebody else problem? Is this a, a multiple oftentimes and usually is more than one, but we have only control over one entity in a, in a frustrated situation and that's ours or the expectation that we might have had are ours to deal with. <coughs> so, um, <coughs> the four G's um, that Brad went over with us, glorify God, um, so that's the section we're in in the peace paper right now. We'll be there for a little bit. Um, can anybody remember the verse that goes with that? First Corinthians ten thirty-one. Very good. Can you say it? Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Very good. Very good. <clears throat> so, what are we? What are we thinking? What's the? What's the? What's the working mechanism in us when we're trying to glorify God? And I, first, I'm frustrated, and then I got. I take take a step back. I turn around. I look in the mirror. 
And, and this comes to mind. How, how do I glorify God in this? So what do I do? What do I do? Think, think, think with me on that just a little bit. Let go of what you think. Let go of what you think should happen. Okay. Yeah. Try to take the me out of the problem. Take the me out of the problem and start looking up. Right. Start looking up. I think. I think so. So how can I please and honor God in this conflict or this frustration or whatever place it's at? If we if we're quick to go there, I think we'll find ourselves oftentimes steering uh, away from trouble and having a better mindset when we enter in. It doesn't mean we won't have conflict because we do. And, and we will. And it's just that we need to have this embedded in us uh, as the place we go first thing. And Yes, Brad? Um, it reminds me of uh, a little, I don't know if it's a poem or just a display about when you uh, try and do the right thing, other people will criticize you, all this, but do the right thing anyway. When you're generous, people will um, be skeptical of your motives. Well, be generous anyway. And at the end of it, it says, it was um, it was between you and God, uh, or it's never between you and them. It was always between you and God anyway. Amen. And so, yeah, we'd Absolutely. like to think of the earthly impacts, but really the, the primary thing is like, this is not about me anyway. Even though this is my goal or desire, um, what I want to think is, okay, what can I do to make God look bigger and more glorified uh, in, in this? Yeah, and it's, it's that, that consistency and always just making sure that... God's purpose for us in our lives is what we're looking through. And then, then we have a different color on everything that we look at. Every conflict looks like an opportunity instead of a, a frustration. JP. Uh, this morning, what my mind was having today was just picturing, like, seeing God's face. If I, if I get to see God's face, like if I saw it right now, none of the baggage that like, my family or anybody else brings to my life matters anymore. Um, I get to, to be humble in the presence of God, um, and all I have to do is glorify Him. So, whatever conflict I might have, it's just irrelevant, because um, I've seen God's glory. Amen. Very good. Very good. What are the other G's? Anybody say the rest of them? What's number two? Get the log out of your eye. Yeah. How about the other one? Starts with a G. Gently restore. <coughs> Get caught up here. Get the log out of your eye. Gently restore. And what's the last one? Go be reconciled. Okay. Very good. Very good. So this is familiar to us. That slippery slope. I was trying to find us a poster or something that we could put up in here and always be able to walk over and point at it and. And uh, we're all familiar with it, and uh, we'll go, go through it quickly in review. Uh, <coughs> the, uh, slippery slope, you know, of course, the, the slope's not so slippery until you get over here, is it? Or over here. 
up here this is you got some more footing up there don't you and this kind of thought it was neat how they laid that out and we'll talk about those just real quickly <coughs> so the escape we talked about the escape mode if you will there's an attack mode there's an escape mode and there's a peacemaking mode in this as as these things unfold in our lives so in the escape mode there's denial there's flight and there's suicide that seems really desperate now each one of these is a mode that we can follow or we can follow all three of them and I imagine it's very possible that that could happen too so <clears throat> the escape mode as for it to even be as drastic as that last one we say wow that's really a problem <laughs> people are thinking about taking their own lives the attack mode is the opposite of that, to run towards instead of away from. To attack would be to assault, would be to litigate, and to murder. To murder. Another just really kind of ugly group of words that we can find ourselves in if we don't, uh, if we don't have the Lord uh, directing our steps. And we see this go on in the world all the time. I've when I worked in the secular world, <clears throat> I was in litigation more than once. And uh, it's an ugly world. It is an ugly, godless world. And uh, it's, it's, it's just, I can't imagine what God thinks when we're doing that. I just really can't. But the best part is peacemaking, of course. I love it that this one is at the top of the list. Because it seems to just sail far and above everything else. And I think they've put that in there at the, at the top for a reason. Um, of course, reconciliation and uh, negotiation are things that will assist us if we can't do this. And there may be circumstances where you may not be able to overlook and this has to happen because you're only in control of one side of an issue. So, and maybe some issues cannot be overlooked, right? I mean, there are circumstances, maybe where a brother or sister in Christ has sin in their life, and then we have an obligation ourselves to try to restore that individual and help them see their struggles. We're, it's supposed to be a mutual thing. In a perfect world, where both both sides are doing that, and it's being taken care of automatically, but we know that's not how things always go. And then there's assisted peacemaking that uh, Brad talked about. <coughs> Mediation that would be to bring someone in and mediate. An arbitrator would be someone you would go out and you kind of hand the decision off to them, and let that third party decide for you. You know. I guess in court cases it kind of gets to that, doesn't it? Where the judge becomes the arbitrator. He says, here's, here's my findings. And, of course, church discipline and accountability is another thing that fits in that slot. So, <clears throat> Comments so far? Thoughts? Anything that maybe we didn't talk about or something that refreshed you here that you want to say something about? 
If not, we'll move on. We're heading, heading for peace today, so we'll get there here in just a second. Okay. So, these opportunities that Brad talked so well about <coughs> were to uh, trust him, to obey him, to imitate him, to acknowledge him, to serve others. That's the number two bullet. And number three bullet, to grow in Christ. What is, just think of this briefly. This, what do you think trusting Him? What, how does that help us? How is that an opportunity? Trusting God. How is that an opportunity? What are we trusting in? First of all, not ourselves, right? First, first and foremost, not ourselves. <coughs> uh, how about uh, his demonstrated love for us that, that we have through his knowledge that we can trust that, we lay store in that? Brad? We, we made a note that the peacemaking process is counterintuitive and uh, countercultural. Amen. And so... Um, what we do flies in the face of what we want to do and what our society tells us is the accepted norm of what we should do. And so when you do something that flies in the face of what you want to do and what the culture tells you that you should do, that means you're trusting in something other than yourself and your culture, which means, which glorifies God. And people will say, you know, there are stories about great examples of forgiveness and people in the world who don't know Christ or don't realize the grace they have um, will look at that and go, how can they forgive that person? Yeah. That doesn't, I don't think they should forgive that person. You shouldn't forgive that person, right? You should um, have your rights. How can yeah. you do that? Well, because I'm not trusting myself or culture. I'm trusting you, God. Yeah. So I'm going to do what he tells me to do. Yeah, Jesus' words on the cross, you know, just ring in our ears when we think about this. As you talk about such such a uh, selfless, you know, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, you know. And I think uh, we need to have those thoughts in our mind uh, about people that are, are standing against. They come to us from their perspective with their own frustrations, and we we have to think like God thinks about us. And how Jesus thought about it when he was hanging up there on that tree, looking down at the people who were cheering it on. Joy. I think it's difficult to, um, you know, the saying, let go and let God, because uh, we have a tendency to want to fix things ourselves. And I think it's also difficult for me when I pray about something to know whether, when I think I need to do something, whether it's God saying, this is what you should do. Or whether I still should not do anything but, but see what else God has in store for me. And I don't always know where that line is. And yeah. I think that's really difficult. It is for me. It is. Well, conflict is difficult, isn't it? It is. It's not always a clear path. It's kind of like cutting through the jungle sometimes. But we're, we're looking for God. We're looking to glorify Him in all the things that come at us and to embroil us. <laughs> and we need each other so much uh, in those times too, J.P.? 
Um, I find it difficult to trust that God is honest um, with his words, that he says, you're working from a place of abundance, uh, abundant love, abundant care, uh, all your needs have been abundantly supplied, and uh, in conflict, I feel like, well, if I like, I'm, uh, I'm on the right side of the slippery slope. I like, I like to, to just charge in there, or, you know, maybe the tank, I don't know. Uh, the tank, there, yeah. there were a few things in there, I was like, maybe I'm all of these. <laughs> I'm a one man uh, <laughs> A sniper driving a tank, right? <laughs> Shucking grenades left. <laughs> but you got the tools to do it, you know, and you know you do. Just, so It is really hard to think that if I, whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, to like trust that it doesn't matter. God, God still loves me, and His love is beyond abundant, his grace, his mercy, his kindness is, and I, just, I really don't want to trust that. Um, yeah. I feel like I need to hold on to, to what I'm doing. Like I was just going to say, it's hard to, to let God be truthful and say, I, I know more than you. Yeah. Uh, it annoys me when my kids don't trust me. Amen. Um, Amen. <laughs> I understand completely. I understand completely. And you know, we have his word, his inspired word. You know, he's, it's time tested. It's time tested here. It's time tested in our lives. It's time tested in the lives of each other. We can see God working in our lives. And we just need to yield to that and trust it and, 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 and grab a hold of that instead of our abilities and what we think we, we can accomplish. I know I've been over the years accused by one certain wonderful woman that uh, you're always trying to fix stuff and you just don't have the tools to fix this. So, Brother Alvarez. Yeah, it boils down to the, in my life, it's, it's a faith issue. I, Amen. I just, you know, when things are going great, it's easy to have trust in God. It's it's the perseverance and testing of our faith that gets us to grow, and we don't, we don't want to grow, but I need to grow. But I don't want to yeah. grow that way. And so it's yeah. one of those things that we that we start to battle with. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we read James one and we don't welcome it. We just say, if that ever happens to me, then I'll you know, I'll grow some. But we want to skip those verses and just go on down through there. James is hard any place you read it, but uh, that idea of who count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I'm just having a hard time getting the party going over that, JP. Uh, my mom was commenting. It's hard. It's hard for her to love other people and to kind of. Uh, so she's okay with you know honoring and trusting God in her life, but if someone else doesn't want to, um, if someone else doesn't want to comply with that, well, she is not. She doesn't feel compelled to, to necessarily love or or reconcile that relationship. And so she asked me, like, you know, which, like, do you think that's wrong? I'm going to turn it over to you, so. <laughs> uh, Brad, what did you have for us? <laughs> It is, Actually, it, it is difficult, but I, I, he, he seems like he's got an idea, so well, I'm going to let him talk. When you said that, Ms. Melena, yeah. Um, that second bullet up there, to serve others. So conflict is not just an opportunity, just an opportunity to glorify God. But then you've got to say, what does it mean to glorify God? And you know what? Conflict is also an opportunity to be a servant. Amen. Like, 
we, we talk we do this really well financially when somebody has an issue then they have a need we all pitch in and we cover that right yeah well that's financially what about spiritually yeah. emotionally mentally think about when someone has a gap in their spiritual emotional or uh, whatever um, mental well-being do we exact justice from them or do we go you know what I'm gonna overlook that and I'm gonna cover that emotional cost yeah I'm gonna cover that spiritual cost uh, the hymn we sing how sweet how heavenly each can their brother's failings hide very good right very good. so we can hide someone's failings um, by forgiving that debt overlooking that offense and actually doing what they need yeah. and ignoring the fact that we were injured and in what they did. Absolutely. Right? We can pay that debt. Absolutely. <coughs> I had written in my notes here beside that bullet, I just had the word sacrifice written beside that because if you're going to do this, the way you can tell if you're doing that is if it costs you something. Yes. You know, and that's my simple uh, checklist to say, am I really serving that purpose person? Because I feel, I feel like I'm like investment neutral here. Uh, I'm not serving if that's how I feel on most occasions. Uh, it needs to be, I need to give something up. Not that I might gloat in that or take pride in that or just be doing that for myself, but that I'm willing like the Lord Jesus was willing to pick up my cross and carry it to his glory, not to mine. And that's what we, we need to do. And, and the operative word there is forgiveness. Forgiveness is paying the debt your brother owes to you and not exacting the payment back. It means you're giving up some, something you have against them that you can have power, that gives you some power over them. Right? And we'll talk about that more. He talks, goes into debt in depth of that. But that's for sure. that's what yeah. forgiveness is. It's a, it's a serving of others. It certainly is. <coughs> Mitch has a comment. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mitch. Well, tying into Melina's question, it's something that I struggle with too. But um, the third one, um, to glorify God, is imitating Him. Uh, and in uh, on page 32, uh, it says, more importantly, when we live out the gospel in our lives and mirror Jesus' humility, mercy, forgiveness, and mm -hmm. loving correction, we surprise the world and give concrete evidence of the Lord's presence and power in our lives. Amen. Amen. Imitating Him, and that's what we see when we look, look at the Lord, isn't it? We see His life. Long-suffering, kindness, forgiveness sacrifice above our comprehension. So it uh, helps me to to remember what Jesus has done for me. Like I I've been the person that is irritating me to God. And he's showed me love, mercy, yeah. grace. Yeah, role reversal. Who else had a hand up there? I'm sorry. Flipping over your head. 
Also on page 36, it said, in the top paragraph, it says, if you display God's love and respond with unnatural humility, wisdom, and self-control, those who are watching you may wonder where you found the power to behave like that, which may open the door to introducing them to Christ and his love for us and the gospel and what we've been forgiven of. How about that? Preach a sermon every day, even if you have to say something. Yeah. Absolutely. Kate, did you hold your hand? Yeah, I was just thinking um, that it's not within our own power to do this. We, it's a decision. It's a decision to rise above our feelings, and it's a decision to Amen. love. And then it's the Lord um, that helps us do this. And we just need to pray to have eyes to see people like He does, and eyes to see ourselves like He does, so that we can move forward with this really hard thing in conflict. Yeah, absolutely. Just put on the person of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life that I now live, I now live in the flesh for the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's all we need. You know, we just we gotta pour ourselves out and fill ourselves up with him. And then we then we have the functionality that we should have. The, the one that gives me trouble is the carnal man that we're supposed to put to death. And it's a constant. He likes to resurrect himself, doesn't he? In our lives. He really does. Only we, we say Jesus raised people from the dead. Jesus was raised from the dead, but there's something about this carnal man that keeping him in the grave is, is, is something we struggle with, isn't it? Because he keeps trying to crawl out and he poisons our lives, JP. Um, Mike uh, uh, saw this on Friday. And this, the way that he, he didn't say people once, he kept saying souls. Um, and uh, you know, what he was about seeing the way, seeing people the way God sees people. Um, I was just, I was motivated to change my language. Um, because, I mean, yeah. it's, it's the truth of what I'm looking at. I'm not really looking at a carnal person. I'm looking at a, at a soul. Um, and An eternal helpful. being. Yeah, it was a helpful way of changing my, my thinking. Just stop calling people people their souls. That's right. That's right. Precious souls redeemed by the blood of Christ. God wants us all in heaven. If we can step back sometime and see what's God doing in all this, and from Genesis to Revelation, what we can learn in between those two points. And it's He wants a special people with Him in heaven, and He's doing all this in between just to get that accomplished. And that, that puts this, this very special emphasis on the value of each individual soul. So, Melina, wonderful thought and question and... We all struggle with the same thing. We really do. Okay, one more and we'll move on. Um, you get the last one, Lisa. Sometimes it, well, it, helps, it helps me um, to remember that God is the one keeping the accounts and that I don't need to. And it takes, you have to physically, if you're a business owner, you, you have to physically keep an account of people who owe you money. Right, we don't need to do that with right. each other. So Absolutely. that can help resolve. That can help just avoid a whole lot of issues if we are not keeping accounts on our brethren for their wrongdoings. 
Very good. Very good. Paul <coughs> had some instructions for us about glorifying God, serving others, and to grow to be like Christ, which it's garnered from this text here. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God. Even as I try to please everyone in every way, I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. <clears throat> follow my example, and I, as I follow the example of Christ. Just we see those three things so prominently in that scripture, and the way he uses it is just helpful, I think, for us. Okay, good discussion. Thank you all for that. I hope I haven't... I probably did let it go too far. That's all right. We've got another class, so... I always like the first class, and then the second one's high pressure. Yeah. Hopefully it won't be this time. Um, so, just a couple, three wows, okay? I've already heard some from the book. Have you got a wow you want to share with me? Anything that just kind of leaped off the page at you as you was reading it? Uh, maybe I should have one. I didn't have my book open, so I'm sorry. That's kind of um, not too good. Are you specifically requesting and you just chapter two. Chapter two. I wasn't supposed to be there yet. We're supposed to wow here. See? I liked something that just in 51, second, actually middle paragraph, big paragraph, Satan prefers that we do not recognize his role in our conflicts. I just thought that was kind of profound. We don't, when we're having a conflict for one thing, we don't think about Satan being involved in it. No, he's he's there. He's there for sure, and he just soon you didn't notice his presence because he's he's stealthy and the great deceiver. Who else? That was just one. Um, yeah, Brett. In the next sentence. Okay. As long as we see other people as our only adversaries and focus our attacks on them, we will give no thought to guarding against our most dangerous enemy. So um, this this whole, the enemy of peace, that whole section just really uh, convicted me um, because it, it, that's the tendency is when someone wrongs us or when we have a conflict of, of some sort, now that other person is now our enemy. And we don't realize, actually, they're not our enemies. They're our ally that we have, we have to figure things out with. The enemy is, is the one that wants us to be uh, at odds with each other. And um, our, but some, we usually see our only adversary as that other person. Um, okay. And the other thing, just above that, um, I found it really convicting that, that the author of this book would say, here are some expressions that reflect the devil's lies and influence. Uh, and a couple of them. Surely God doesn't expect me to stay in an unhappy situation. Now, 
Bob, I've said that. I've said God does not want me to stay in this. This is just this. This is unacceptable. Or Amen. I deserve better than this, right? Um, I've said that, and I wouldn't have said that was Satan's influence, but it was sobering to me to consider. That's what the author says here, and not that he's inspired, but um, I think it's just a, a sobering thought. What is the source of me saying those things? Amen. Amen. It's challenging, isn't it? And we've got to see it when we're thinking that way. We have to see it. All of us do. Because, <clears throat> so, like, like I said, he's he's our he's our most dangerous enemy. It says there in the first first. In that, in that paragraph on the fourth line, uh, just constant, constantly looking for opportunities. And in times of conflict, of course, that's when opportunities present themselves where he can start driving his wedges in uh, to break us. And uh, he's, he's a master at it. And uh, subtle and transfers and transforms himself into an angel of light. So we, we, we see it as divine counsel, you know, and uh, how, how deceitful he is. Thanks for that. Good, good thought. Good thought. Uh, Mitch. Um, my, uh, my first one was on 45 and 46, um, the bottom of 45. As you believe in Jesus, accept his gracious gift of salvation and draw closer to him through the power of the Spirit, the study of His Word, the privilege of prayer, and the fellowship of His church, His peace can fill every part of your life. In addition to giving you peace with God, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross opened the way for you to enjoy peace with other people. This peace, which is often referred to as unity, is not simply the absence of conflict and strife. Unity is the presence of genuine harmony, understanding, and goodwill between people. God calls us to do all we can to live at peace with everyone. This kind of peace is the direct result of obeying the second great command. Love your neighbor as yourself. As you will see, such unity is an essential part of an effective Christian witness. The rest of the book is devoted to showing you how to pursue peace with others when conflict has disrupted your relationships. Yeah, it was hard to stop highlighting on that read right there, wasn't it? Like, oh, okay, 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 you know. Funny, draw a box around it. <laughs> In the whole page, you know. <laughs> then you say, can't say this is too much, but it wasn't, Mitch. I had a lot of highlighting there myself. <clears throat> how true, how true. Peace with others, peace with yourself. We're going to talk about that more because those are so important if we're going to glorify God and be at peace with God. You know, those things... Those are the things that manifest our peace with God, right? Without those, there's none. We can't see it. Others can't see it in us. So, very good. Very good. Okay. <clears throat> this is a, this is a, a read from uh, uh, Gary Henry that, that is, uh, is just really good. In a broken world, we yearn for unity. And uh, I'm just going to jump to his text here. One of the things that almost every person longs for is unity. We use words like togetherness, harmony, wholeness, 
as positive words that describe something <coughs> uh, we wish. I'm sorry, I'm just prints a little small here. We wish ourselves with our neighbors and most of all with our God. Yes, we would and we even like to imagine a physical world where the uh, forces of nature weren't at war. A peaceable kingdom where things weren't torn apart by tornadoes and typhoons. I think those can be figurative in this too. <clears throat> yes, if unity is what we desire, there is preaching I'm going to go over here. I'm sorry, I can't read it. <laughs> yes, if unity is what we desire, there is precious little of it to be found in the world that now is. Here the norm is enmity, not unity. We don't have to look any further than the newspaper or in the mirror to know that many, many, many things are, have gone awry. The promise of the gospel, of course, is that God is working toward a great reconciliation of all things in Jesus Christ. In Him all the fullness dwells, and in Him God has solved the problem of sin, which is the root cause of every kind of brokenness, both inside us and in the outside world. Having made peace through the blood of His cross, God is now moving the history of this world to a triumphant conclusion. The time is coming when everything will be put back together, and all who are willing to live in harmony of His wisdom will enjoy the peacefulness of the wisdom forever. When that day dawns, there will be no more brokenness, no more being at odds with anyone or anything. Every trace of rebellion and disruption will have been justly banished from God's presence, never to trouble the peace of His kingdom again. But the time, <clears throat> but the time for that has not yet come, though our prayer is that it will soon will. <coughs> O Lord, come, 1 Corinthians 16, 22. For now we are called to live with a certain tension in our hearts, the tension that comes from deeply longing for something that is not available in the world we live in. This tension, this longing, is not meant to discourage us. It's meant to teach us what we need. So I, I just thought that was really helpful, a really helpful piece. And that we shouldn't be too distraught. We should expect these trials to come. James tells us about it. We've already spoken to that. And when they come, we just need to figure out how to glorify God and let, let this make us better, bigger, better, better, more, more dependent on God Himself. For it's in Him that we have our strength. <laughs> okay. Any comments about the reading? Or anything else for that matter, Brett? Um, I, on page forty-seven, um, the, 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 the section is titled "Jesus's Reputation Depends on Unity," um, and it says, "When peace and unity characterize your relationships with other people, you show your child's, your God's child, and He is present and working in your life." But the converse is also true. When your life is filled with unresolved conflict and broken relationships, you will have little success in sharing the good news about Jesus' saving work on the cross. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about how <coughs> Jesus' prayer, uh, he says, was not that his followers would always be happy, would never suffer, and that their rights would always be defended. This is on yeah. page 48. 
Rather, Jesus prayed that his followers would get along with one another. It's that important to him. It, that's more important than our rights being defended and justice being served and and getting what's due to us. None of that matters uh, as much to Jesus as being unified. Yeah. Very good, Mitch. Tying into that, on 53, the very top of 53 says, um, Paul also shows that unity does not mean uniformity. He reminds us that God has richly blessed his children with a wide array of gifts, talents, and callings. Mature Christians rejoice in the diversity that God has given to his people, and they realize that believers can legitimately hold differences of opinion on disputable matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very clear to us, isn't it? Very good. Good. Very good. I don't know whether to start this next section or not. Um, <coughs> the idea of uh, lesson, this next lesson uh, is uh, about peace. How does, the Bible, how does the Bible talk about peace? We'll just go as far as we can. And the Bible talks about peace a whole bunch. A whole bunch. The Bible is full of peace. <clears throat> I handed out a couple. For, uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 11, and Philippians 4, 9. Who's got that? Chris? Finally, brother, rejoice, be complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. And Philippians, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Okay. Just, we're just going to go through. There's this, I've got tons of scriptures, but we're just picking out a few of them to read. <coughs> peace, it's actually, it is, God is the God of peace. It's part of his character. Without it, he wouldn't be God. So... That's how big a thing it is. God brings peace to the world. God created man, put him in the garden, and before long, what was the first problem? No peace. Why? Sin entered in. There's, there's, there's a rift already, isn't there? Right away. Uh, who had... Uh, being how we have several of these, we'll move, we'll move uh, through a few of them here before the bell rings. We'll just pick up uh, on Wednesday where we stop. So peace is one of the great blessings that God gives to those who follow him. So the peace that he has, that is part of him, he, he shares that. We are made in his image. He shares that with us. He wants us to have that and to embrace it and have it as part of us. Uh, Psalm 29.11 and Proverbs 16.7. Whoever had that? Kate? The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful words. Peace is one of the great blessings that God gives to those who follow him. So God is made up of peace. He is peace. And he wants us to have it and share it. Mm -hmm. And he went to great, great expense himself to make sure that we could be at peace with him. Uh, the ultimate uh, expense as we can understand it. Uh, God repeatedly commands his people to seek and pursue peace. And we'll stop right there.
we'll stop right there. We'll pick up there Wednesday and finish this, and then we'll finish the rest of chapter 2. So you might read the... uh, We'll probably spend most of our time on pages 57 and 58, but uh, the section on peace, just read over that, and uh, we'll be ready to discuss it some more. Thank you all.